Hi, I'm Damien Mew, CEO of AI Australia New Zealand, and we are proud to bring you this Future Women production. At AIA, our purpose is to make a difference in people's lives and champion Australia to be the healthiest nation in the world. In this pursuit, we are passionate about supporting women to live healthier, longer, better lives. It's not always easy. That's why we believe in dreaming big but thinking small, as good health starts by making small, healthy changes. Visit aavitality.com.au to find out how we can support and reward you to take your first small steps to a healthier you. This podcast is brought to you by Future Women, a new home for women to come together online and in person. Become a member to gain full access to Future Women's content, events and community, plus our packed calendar of member-only social club events. For more details, head to futurewomen.com. been told to not be emotional Mm. but I will be emotional because that's what gives it the heartbeat and the meaning and the soul and the passion it inspires it it, it makes the fucking office tick and go round and I will not compromise that Hi there, welcome to Future Women with Sylvia Jeffries, where we climb inside the brilliant minds of successful female founders and learn how they've spun their simple ideas into global game changers. So whether you're in business, own one, or dream of doing it for yourself, these conversations will guide you through the keys to development, scale and investment with a heavy hit of humour and reality on the side. Today, we chat to Pip Edwards from fashion label PE Nation. Sylvia Jeffries, I'm so excited to be here. Athleisure, aka fancy gym gear, is big business these days. Leggings alone are a billion dollar industry. Carving a very healthy chunk of the global market is Sydney-based label PE Nation, the bold, nostalgic brainchild of Bondi BFFs, Claire Tregoning and the ridiculously energetic Pip Edwards. It'll be a comedy of errors right now, I think. This is, this is all new. Three years after launching, PE Nation has become a major player in this growing market. It's sold in more than 160 countries, stocked by more than 200 retailers, and it's regularly worn by more than one Kardashian. Pip and Claire put much of their success down to motherhood. And in this conversation, Pip opens up about what drives her, what scares her, and how she plans to take on super brand Nike. Pip Edwards, welcome to Future Women. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Can I tell you, I had an extra coffee this morning because if I'm going to do anything to match your energy levels, I'm going to need some Well, I've had had two already as well. So I stand no chance. Yeah, I I don't actually know why I had two coffees today. (laughs) Because you've been travelling all around the world and you're probably not really sleeping very well. Jet lag requires a few hits of caffeine. Are you getting much time at home these days? Look, I, uh, you know, it's it's very uh, limited and like it's been sporadic, but the time at home is quality, so I'm I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So You've I've, got I've learned to manage. Yeah. That. Our future women community is obviously very familiar with you already. You uh-huh. have many followers, I think, in the FW community. Something that a lot of people might not know about you, though, is that you studied. Commerce oh, law, Sydney Uni, yeah, yes, yes, I did. I, I, um, I'm from quite a like a very academic driven family. I'm an only child, and my dad's a lawyer, and my mum was in finance. Mm. So I think it was probably just natural to follow suit. Um, and I think when you're really young and you obviously have 
driven parents, you, you kind of just go along with it. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, I got the marks and went to Sydney Uni and actually then pursued a career in the corporate world at PricewaterhouseCoopers for three years. Doing is, is that where you saw yourself going long term? I that think direction? that's where uh, my, my family saw myself going. Mm-hmm. So I definitely ticked that box. Um, I think you're really young when you go. I've now, in hindsight, I, I look back and go, when you're 18 and you're making these career decisions, what the fuck do you really know? Do, mm. do you know what I mean? So I, I'm grateful and I think I wouldn't change it any other way because it, it gave such a, an amazing discipline and uh, knowledge, obviously. Um, but it was it's definitely the grounding I needed to go yeah. on to be creative, which is obviously my true calling. Yes. Yeah. So, but but how did you navigate through that change mm-hmm. in career? Because that's quite frightening. How old were you when you decided com- commerce law, yeah. PricewaterhouseCoopers ain't for me? Well, I want to be in fashion. Yeah, I was there for three years. So, uh, look, I always had around me the fashion set. They were always my mates. So I was always one foot in fashion and one foot corporate. And I just, I think from an early age, my my parents knew I was super fashion, but it was just like filling that uh, academic potential. Mm. Um. I just, after three years at PwC, I just knew, I just, I had to make that move. And it was fully daunting. I think my, I disappointed my parents. Um, I definitely was on quite a trajectory there, uh, you know, in terms of salary, all these things. And I, and I really made a decision to follow my heart, which meant to take some compromises, but I, but I had to do it because I, mm. it just, the other world didn't suit me. I actually find even though the, the suits visual, were quite suits, say. the suits were quite fun. No, but I find I, the visual <laughs> of you behind a desk in an yeah. accounting firm like, quite hilarious. Tell you what, I wore bright orange suits. Yeah. I, I, w- I was very expressive with my hair. I had mohawks. I had things going on. It was very clear I didn't fit the look, um, but it gave me a great structure and um, in terms of how to write and, and present myself and the way of thinking. You know, I, I could never take that away from me now. So what was your first job in fashion? Uh, my first well, my first job in fashion was actually retail. So all through university I, I worked retail, which was priceless. Um, um, so I was always always on the floor, whether it be at Marks or General Pants or anything, I was always the retail girl. But my first career move was Subi. Mm. So I, I kind of went from risk management <laughs> to PA to Dan single. Mm-hmm. which was an interesting move and that that was just my first because I knew I just wanted to be in fashion I had no real credential um and they were all my mates at Subi and then very quickly I moved on from that role mm-hmm. um into PR it was quite clear I kind of maybe had the gift of the gab yeah well, um, <laughs> who would have thought but 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 you know could yeah could help uh sell and promote that brand. And went from Subi into Sassenbad? Yeah, I was at Subi for five years and then Sassenbad for five years and then General Pants for three years. So, okay. yeah. So that's, it's, it's what, been 13 years of yeah, three, fashion career? Well, yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Working in the industry. Different, obviously, different businesses, different drivers. Skill sets. Uh, different skill sets, uh, different environments, um, a plethora of just learning and working knowledge. Yeah. So so where did the idea then for PE Nation come from and, and when? When you know, did that emerge? Claire, Claire, my business partner, and I, we actually met at Sassenbad and we used to sit next to each other every day. Um, which So we had this amazing working relationship and we always, we've got the same eye and the same kind of aesthetic. So we were always in 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 
or in sync. Um, and then when I moved on to general pants or whatever, it um, I kind of had this feeling there was there was a like an active kind of rise, the rise of activewear, but it didn't really kick in in terms of uh, that I wanted to do my own thing until I met up with a friend. And I was just talking about work and she was just like, what are you doing? You, you know, you're working for everyone else. Why don't you do something for yourself? She's like, you're so sporty. What about PE? Something like PE. And I went, oh. it was this kind of light bulb moment. I didn't know it had nothing to do with concept or what it visually looked like. It was the name mm. and the name really kicked in. And it helps that it reflects your initials also. And, you know, something so obvious yeah. that, that I would never have ever thought about because right it's right in front, in front of, of my you. face. Mm. Um, and then from that minute, I was like, oh, my God, she's so onto something, this chick. And then Claire and I had kept in touch um, over the years and she was probably the only person that could really – I could really do that with. So, what I, was she doing at that time? Look, she at that time had an, had her second child, so I knew and I know that she kind of wanted to get back into the industry. So, we had this lunch, this boozy lunch, because <laughs> um, sometimes back in the day, some, back in the day, <laughs> but sometimes look, great things happen over very casual boozy scenarios. Yeah. Um, and I just said to her, I go, I've just had this idea. It's like sportswear, it's called PE, can you see it? And she was like, oh, my God. And literally from that lunch three weeks later, I didn't think it would really go anywhere. Like it was more of an excitement. But three weeks later she called me back and she goes, let's do this. This is amazing. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then a year later we launched. So it was a year between the idea. And and so what did you have to do in that year to Uh, get it ready? Well, it's the setup, you know, and Claire and I were fortunate enough that, you know, we've worked for so many businesses, we understand the cycle and and how the process works. So from drawing the CADs to, you know, sampling to doing the sell-in to getting onto the, just the selling timeframe and obviously rolling out a marketing and PR strategy. It takes a good year if you want it to be potent. Like if you want it to be right, you need, you need all that working. And then obviously, you know, finding manufacturers and obviously we uh, were courting our investors at the time. So there was lots of things and lots of structural setup, like business structure. Cause I think, Having worked for previous businesses like Subi and Sass and Bide where one failed structurally and one flourished structurally, it was really important to get the foundations right. Mm. And we spent a lot of time doing that. At that stage, activewear was already a pretty crowded market, right? It yeah, was busy and, and to be noisy. honest, I was like, wow, we're at the tail end of this. Honestly, I thought we were. it, it was booming and was it, it wasn't even about that. The motivation was that it felt... Right, but where you was know? where was the gap in the market? That you well, the gap was was that everyone was saying you could wear your gym gear on the street. However, it looked like gym gear. So, I think what we really achieved was bringing that fashion element and the design driven element to the performance gym gear. Like it actually looks like fashion, and I think that's what that was what what our point of difference was. So when you went to investors straight, because you went for investors straight off the bat, didn't you? Yeah. Well, actually, we went off uh, to find manufacturers uh. and uh, manufacturers, you know, obviously saw our business plan and the potential and wanted and then wanted to invest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was quite a process. And a process, you know, obviously Claire and I really were thrown in the deep end with. It was something I'd never, you know, experienced. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey learning how to set up a business from scratch. Because manufacturing is just oh, look, a, that's whole a whole other beast world, into itself. Right? And you know what? You could be in the industry for 20 years and st- 
still there are major challenges and obstacles come our way. Nothing prepares you Mm. for manufacturing. Nothing. So when you took the pitch to the investors. Selling the dream with what, nothing to show. What was, the, <laughs> what was the dream? What were you selling? The dream was selling um, the solution to our life, you know, and as, you know, someone who's been in the industry, who's a working mum, who juggles lots of many hats, who loves fitness, who loves fashion and who knew that the name and the sentiment resonated, I just sold our dream, our own dream. Without a single pair of leggings. Nothing. (laughs) A few drawings, just passion, a lot of hand stamping on the table going, this is what it's about, you know, and and everyone's like, oh, my God. So did that only take one conversation? No, it took three or four. But um, you know what? One thing is having that passion and that motivation, but the other thing is actually showing you've got the the substance to back it up. So, you know, we had the product knowledge, we had the the sampling and production knowledge through Claire. um, And then on my side, we had the sales and the online and the marketing. And I knew the marketing channel. I knew how to roll it out. I knew what it looked like. And I knew the the retailers to target. So Mm. when we launched, which was phenomenal, again, most people bought a lot of the product off drawings because the samples weren't ready, you know, it's, you're, you're still, you're kind of, you're really, you're really selling the dream. Well, um, this comes back to the gift of the gap. Right. right? No, I know. And I was like, Do, can we deliver? Can we deliver? Um, but we launched with 45 stockers, which wow. is a phenomenal feat. All in Australia? Uh, and two international. Which international? Uh, my Teresa and uh, actually at the time Urban Outfitters. So. And when was that? March 2016. We're nearly three. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but look at how it's grown in yeah. less than three years. That's quite extraordinary. You know what? I think sometimes we forget the little dent that we've made in our category yeah. um, because you just get into autopilot and you just do what you do. And Claire and I are so used to running at that pace, but it, it is really exciting. We, we just came back from our, uh, uh, an overseas trip and – it just reinvigorated, um, you know, our own inspiration to actually acknowledge what what we've done mm. in the industry. Everything you design is very um, identifiable. Yeah, I suppose it's got strong, a stamp, signature, and bold, which is. I think a bit risky yes. or, or would have felt risky yeah. because I know a lot of women just want to wear black because it's a bit more flattering and it hides the bumps and, and oh, whatever. And if you, and you, gym, you right? go by like some retail model, black always sells, yeah. right? So right. that's safe. So but why is it working for you? I think it, it talks to this personality and I think, you know, the, the clothes and body are personality that I think a lot of women maybe inside want to feel mm-hmm. and want to be. Um, and we kind of gave them an opportunity to, to try it on. Mm. Well, you're your own sort of best ambassador anyway <laughs> yeah. for the brand. You you live and breathe it, yeah. right? You yeah. sort of personify PE I, Nation. Yeah. How does that enhance the brand and uh, enhance the recognition for you? I think giving, and what I've learned over time, giving product context is everything. Showing how it works, showing how to wear it and where to wear it. And, I mean, it's not a strategy. It just it's my lifestyle. So it, 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 and I think you can tell it comes naturally with the brand. So I think that's why, why it works. Otherwise, you know, it's not just product on a rack. And I think you have to give product a meaning for it to resonate. Uh, talk to me about Kardashians <laughs> and yeah. how your gear ended up on, which, who was it? Chloe? Uh, Chloe. 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 Yeah. They, they've, all had, they've all had a go. Yeah. Um, 
No, look, it's amazing. And I think in that situation, you know, you hope for the best and you send their stylist product and you can't, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but they might not put it on. And I think testament to the product itself was that they were repeat offenders. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially Chloe was wearing it. When, when back you to see back those images pop up, Kylie, do you oh, just lose your brain? We lost yeah. it. Um, you know, and there was a slight Kardashian effect in the sense of the exposure was priceless. The exposure into the States was priceless. And I think because our branding is so prominent, she didn't, no one had to tag. You didn't have to say it was P-Nation. It was clear that. When she's wearing a crop saying PE, yeah. what it was. So it, it was a really uh, amazing moment for us to launch into the States. So that's yeah. sort of part of your marketing yeah. technique really, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, everyone, you know, you have some kind of gifting budget that you send mm. to all the people you want to see in. But a lot of the time it ends up nowhere. I mean, those people must get sent a thousand things. So we were really, really, uh, really happy that. She, she put it on. <laughs> is, uh, is it possible to put a, a dollar figure on what that's worth or or do you actually see a boost in sales somewhere or, or recognition? Initially the Kylie moment, uh, I think because she'd just broken up with her boyfriend and then she mm-hmm. got back with a boyfriend and they were Bentley shopping. Wow. Right? <laughs> and so they're doing selfies in the car and she's wearing our crop. That crop did. Seller. There was there was a there was a move in in, in stock. Yeah. Um. But a lot of the other stuff like Courtney training in it. It was that was more about brand awareness and mm-hmm. brand exposure. That you can't put a, a figure on. But what you can do is retailers come out of the woodwork. Press comes out of the woodwork. So all of that's priceless. Is is there a celebrity who you'd really like to see your gear on? Who you haven't yet? Yeah. That's there are the problem with the celebrities that I'd like to see PE on. They're already locked into other sports yeah, right. <laughs> so that's like really dreaming high. Um, but I, you know, I I'm a fan of Hayley Bieber. I just really am. Yeah. But you know, she's locked into what is she Reebok or something? No, I want to say Adidas. Who who are you? And Bella Bella's Nike. Like they're you know all yeah. those girls they're amazing. But do you know who would be really awesome? Just because I'm an '80s girl and I love my old school supermodels, Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all those the comeback of those women, like you know, and Elle McPherson. All those all those women. You've already got Elle on board, right? Yeah, yeah, but they're iconic, you know, and I think. Um, they're having their time again. So well, even, Cindy, though even though there's the if new, you're listening, yeah, Cindy or Kaya, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go Crawford's. Let's go for both of them. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you got to aim high. Yeah. So how do you and Claire um, divide and conquer in mm-hmm. the business? How do you divide your responsibilities? Well, what was fantastic was that our relationship did start working. We were working friends um, and we we very much have the similar relationship that we did at Sass and Bide where Claire was senior designer and I was senior creative. So we'd, we'd work well, like we'd work together on creative concepts and then she'd actually design and go and bring it to life in sketches and then we'd work together on the styling and how it looks together. So it's very much Claire in, in P Nation – um, she's very much responsible for the actual design product, getting the product to the sampling stage and running the whole production side and that team. And then I look after the rest of the, the mm-hmm. business. So sales, marketing, online, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's super clear. There's no, you know, there's no real crossover. And it's really funny because it's because it's been so organic and how we know each other. It, we've never crossed toes on what, who does what or why. Mm. So uh, we've been very lucky that we've been able to fast track our working relationship because we'd worked together before. 
both being mums mm. as well, does that help <laughs> in your working relationship yeah. and that you can understand where Look, the other is coming from? Do you know, work-life balance is really important and we both worked for a number of businesses where that wasn't uh, acknowledged or challenged. And I think one of the big things that we've said in our business, and we have a lot of mums that work for us, um, is that, that that is it's so important to, if you have to come in like you have to take your child to school, if you have to go to a swimming carnival, you have to mm. because that guilt, it does not lead to productivity at all. Mm. Um, so, of course, super understanding. And at the end of the day, I believe everyone wants to get their work done. It's just do it in, in your time. Well, do you think mums are more efficient anyway, more we productive? We juggle so fucking yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, men should realise how much we take on. Do you know what I mean? So throw, keep throwing it at us, but it's it's definitely respecting those times that we need to take off and not not letting us feel the guilt, mm. you know? And how are you balancing everything at the moment? So how old's Justice now? He's 12. He just hit high school. Does he think? Does he realise that he has the world's coolest mum, no, by the I'm, way? No, I'm a loser. <laughs> I can't, can't hug or kiss him anymore. Oh. Um, I have to walk a few steps behind him. Um, oh, they're so cool, you know, are they? I just – he's amazing. It, it's it, For him, I've always been a working mum. So he's, you know, he's cool. But for me – the fact that I'm even just acknowledging that their balance is out of imbalanced is the best I can do, you know. So I make up for it in other times. Like I said, my time when it's with him is super quality. So And he gets the most out of me, but he also gets to see me be me. And hopefully that's inspiring. Well, what, yeah. do, you, what do you hope that he is taking away from your approach to work? And I, look, life? that's twofold. I've thought I think about this Do you want to recline for this one? No. I... <laughs> I, I will say I've thought about it because he's seeing someone really throw everything they've got into this. He knows it's for us. He knows it's survival. It Really, the, the initial motivation is survival. Um, I've got to pay the bills. But at the flip side, I know he's seeing a very strong woman, sometimes maybe too strong. So I kind of half fear that I'm setting his expectations up for what a woman stands for in a sense that she's so strong when sometimes vulnerability is important too and I'm not sure he's seen an emotional side but do you see what I yeah. the balance is quite hard. Are, are you a warrior? I don't worry I'm just I, I, t I think I take a lot on my plate, probably too much. So and you so, feel over overwhelmed? Yes. At times? Yeah. And how do you manage that? I don't. <laughs> Pilates? Mm -hmm. um, it's a work in progress. Do you feel, are there times or have there been times through this journey with PE Nation when you've felt scared? Yeah. And what... what Makes Look, you, feel you know, you've, I think if you really stop to think about the business and, and the enormity of it and the responsibility of it, yeah, you cannot sleep at night because there's a lot riding on it, you know, and we have a lot of staff and there's a lot of orders and some of these numbers are big and the units are big and all these things. I prefer to not think about that, be aware of it, but not think about it and just keep going with my heart, keep going with what goes. And I think... That's quite important. Does the freedom of working for yourself mm. and the satisfaction of that outweigh? outweigh you know what? I never, I never ever dreamt of having my own business for the very fact that I could never turn off. And I think being a single mum, to come home, you need to be present to your child. And I was so worried. And and you know what? For the first three years of PE Nation, I, I, 
you know, he definitely saw a very different mum and now my consciousness and, and I guess I'm coming to a point where I, I'm understanding what I can say no to and yes to and all that stuff is working out. But at the end of the day, I am I am not compromising my work and what I stand for. So he's seeing a happier person mm-hmm. in a working environment. You know, rather than being stressed for someone else, I'm stressed for us. Mm. So there's more satisfaction in that. Definitely. Fulfillment. So when you launched in 2016, it was 45 stockists. Reach stockists. Yes. Nearly three years later, how many? Uh, some, like 220. Wow. Something like that. Uh, 160 countries. Um, so, like, which, all the, name all, some of the countries. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Where? That's geography, babe. <laughs> okay. I, I'm um, never very good at that. I, that just, not, not my forte, but, um, you know, some of the most – you know, the world's premium retailers. Porte. Yeah, not a portent. Hella Harrods, Selfridges, Harvey Nicks, Browns, um, Le Bon Marche, wow. IT. Like, you know, um, obviously our homegrown ones, Dave Jones, uh, Style Runner, Iconic. Like, we're really, really fortunate to have such an amazing, uh, ama- ama- amazing reach. Yeah. And let's talk about your growth. So you've moved from... You've moved just from activewear yeah. into denim and ski gear. Yes. So, Well, the premise was, okay, so first on the ski wear, our, the first thing that we ever designed, which, so when Claire and I were like, what does it, PE Nation look like? The first piece that made it look the way it does was based off a ski jacket, yeah. a retro ski jacket. So, And Claire and I skis. So that was a very natural progression. So that was really exciting that we actually got to make ski wear because – that sings to the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of moving to other product categories, I think because the premise of PE was you, you, it's fashionable active wear and it's street sport and it plays to that whole cycle of how to wear your gym wear on the street. The denim was a natural progression to complete the cycle mm-hmm. of what you wear every day. So, And it also speaks to our heritage. I mean, Claire's she, – she's – predominantly was a denim designer. Um, you know, she worked at Topshop and obviously did all the denim um, at Sass and Biden from, you know, my Subi background. Denim's our love. So it's quite nice to come back to the core. What's the next? <laughs> the core. The core. What's the next um, market, I guess, to tackle then? Are you, is there a different design that you want to break into? Or I think the thing is going into disciplines, like sporting disciplines. Mm. So being honing in on that. And, you know, obviously the big super brands like Nike and Puma do that, really well, whether it's like running, boxing, all that stuff. We've dabbled in that, but actually really honing in on those sports that actually resonate with the brand. Yeah, but that takes a lot of time and and because our stockists are half boutique and half fashion half active you know you got to pl- kind of massage that we call it a range plan so mm. tick all the boxes so is that kind of what you're focused on growing at the moment growing definitely growing active is on its way growing a fashion component because that's really important to positioning and what we stand for denim because it completes a cycle place to our forte i think then and then the next kind of category is a core category so that's what we're launching at the same time as denim and core meaning a more price pointed range that's for really for every woman so we say we're for every woman but you know sometimes we sit at the top end of the you know the price point so now it's really about doing what we say and we will be for every woman. And and what's your biggest market at the moment? 
Well, obviously Australia is yeah. is quite big, but um, America's definitely been a target. But um, the potential there is so great. So that's a massive focus for this year. Who who are your biggest competitors? Where do you see yourself positioned in the market at the moment? Yeah, well, just coming out of being on the ground in New York, you know, we definitely we definitely complement up the upside. I'd like to say complement because we are quite different and it's so beautiful to sit next to them. Um, but um, a competitor would be like, you know, obviously your Stella, oh, new competitor, mm. Victoria Beckham. Oh, I know. Uh, where did where she come from? Um, I mean, she's amazing. Doesn't she have enough? Oh my with the god, the dresses and the blazers, oh, and the beauty and the sunnies and just the stay face out and of active work. Seriously, VB. Um, no, that's that's been a new one. And to be honest, yeah, it's a, and we sit next to her in Harrods, so that's quite amazing. Um, but yeah, it's like an, an LNDR, um, Aloe. Like there, there's a few big uh, American brands that are competitors, but. I think it's all part of the challenge. Are you t- is, is the idea, though, to just take a big chunk out of the, the Nikes and the Adidas's of the world? Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> me. Yep. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> I think a big part – look, why they work, obviously, heritage brands, you know, long-term loyalty, but the thing for them is they've got the power of the volume so they can drive that price right down, mm-hmm. you know. So I think a big tactic for us was to introduce core – to kind of get them that way because mm. they can't really take on our fashionability, I don't think, and we're so young and nimble that we can move like this. You know, a big super brand, it, it, you've, you've got to have plans in the works for a long time to make moves. So, Well, you don't have the restrictions of bricks and of mortar. Of retail, I know. Right? So, so, I know, and online, online allows for so much flexibility. So, yeah. So when does know. the core range launch? What's it's the... a soft it's a soft launch, but in July. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very it's very simple. It's more black. Great. Than colour. <laughs> um, right up my it's alley. Black and white. Um, the fabrications are amazing, but it's de- it's price pointed and geared for all women. So what's a long term goal for PE Nation? Do you see yourself selling off to a bigger organization down the track or is that Going to be hard. You to know, let go we of. we kind of I- internally we we toy that idea. I think it's really important to know what that point is. Mm. But I think when we're riding on such a wave, we just want to keep going. You know, so I can't say if an offer comes our way, we won't consider it. But it, it, it's more that we're just going to keep going. We're so, we're we're ba- we're babies, you know, and we forget that. Still, brands are, even that have been in operation for ten years don't even get those opportunities. So I, I don't have that end goal in place yet. Mm. Well, you have to keep your doors, your options. Yeah, open. yeah. And I think, you know, whether whether we change. So at the moment, we don't have any retail strategy. You know, I think online's booming for us, and I think I'd rather utilize our existing retailers in the retail space, so utilise their bricks and mortar. But should that change, then that does change a whole investment plan, you know. So until until that's on the cards, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and plenty of people will be happy about it. How do you find being a female founder and being mm. a leader in the fashion industry? Is it still, you know, men at the top? Is it is it a more diverse sort of environment these days? Yeah, I think in fashion it's a bit, it's a little bit different. To I think a standard lot of, corporate environment. Correct. Yeah. I, you know, I think when I was corporate, I was the only female in my team at the time. Um, but in fashion, I think 
you know, there's a lot more female. Right? But but when you do get to the top of that management level, exec level, it's definitely suits mm. dominated. Um, Is that intimidating? No. It it, it it can be if you're, you know, not wearing a suit, you know, and I like but at the same time, I think when you're you're fine you've connected with your passion and you're doing what you do, you've got to remember that it that, that it's that's yours and you own that right to to be there. Do you think men and, and women speak a different language when it comes to business? Well, right? yeah, of course, because we're emotional. Mm. I mean, and some I've been told a lot of the time I'm emotional and unashamedly emotional. Me too. I've been told I'm hopeless. <laughs> I've been told to not be emotional, mm. but I will be emotional because that's what gives it the heartbeat and the meaning and the soul and the passion. It inspires. It 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 makes the fucking office tick and go round and I will not compromise that. It does shit me a little bit when people say don't be emotional no, no, and don't be that. sensitive. No, but okay, where I will take it on board is maybe the passion and emotion can yeah. lead to a <laughs> lead to a moment of, you know, it, it can be too much and so it's just more learning it's just more learning to breathe. Yeah. You know, but st- and to talk with calmness, that's something I'm definitely working on because I tend to just react. But the emotion can't go. The emotion must stay. But to take it down a notch in terms of yeah. delivery. Mm. <laughs> Did you love that level of calmness in of that? Delivery. <laughs> I appreciate that because I do have a tendency to get a little bit worked up. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it's a good you know, thing. It's just how you harness it. You've got to harness it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think sometimes I, t- I can get the waterworks happening and I mm. can take it personally. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Mm. But just because I did it and it didn't work doesn't mean it's wrong. I heard you speaking the other day about the rise of the of Femin- feminine. Yes. Is is there a reason why you avoid mm. the word feminism? Yes. Or feminist? Yes. Why? I don't know how to articulate this properly without stepping on toes because um, I'm, I'm actually a natural tomboy mm-hmm. and I have this armour from upbringing and only child and single mum to be the independent warrior and, uh, and that's sacrificed my feminine and sometimes and that can impact relationships and uh, dynamics and everything. So I've been learning to tap into my feminine to soften, and that's a really important part of being a woman. And but previously, I've been felt that maybe that vulnerability is is a weakness. So, and I've just found it's actually in my power to be vulnerable and feminine. I don't like the word feminist because it's aggressive, and we don't need to be aggressive. We just need. To be female, there's a, feminine. Uh, there's a lot of confusion, I, I think, around the maybe word feminist. I'm, maybe now. I'm confused. Well, I think a lot of people are because there's the the Beyonce brand of feminism. There's the Germaine Greer brand of yeah. fe- feminism, and yeah. then there's everything in between. And it's hard to know what is a feminist in Look, 2019. I, I'll tell you what, I and stand. you can overthink it. I you think can, we can overthink you can, it. And and all there's a lot of you know so, so media. PR around the whole thing. What I do stand for, and, and I'm raising a, a boy, I'm raising a man, and all I stand for is that it's not about female or male. It's about you've earned your stripes, you've done your time, you do the work, you deserve to be there. Mm. But ultimately you're saying too, 
which I think is very powerful, is that there's something empowering in being feminine. Correct. And in embracing that. And I've that. only really tapped into that in the last in the last two years where I've actually had to acknowledge and break down my own wall of whatever it is that I'm guarded from or been scarred by or been you know gone through the pain of my journey and have held so tight to the detriment of my relationships with partners or parents and and just actually go there's nothing wrong with being feminine mm. Julie Bishop said at a recent um, Future Women event, trying to be a man is a waste of a good woman. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I think speaks to what you're saying. But I, you know, I would, uh, I, you know, I would naturally dress like a tomboy, be a, and a, be a bloke, hang out with the bloke. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of really, since I've really tapped into my Pilates, which is all about grace and training with grace and feminine core and all this stuff where th- that softness comes through and that's actually when you're you're in your most beauty and powerful and yourself um and maybe it's being a little bit more of that aggressive f- feminist vibe in the office but when you're at home playing that feminine role and I've never played to that feminine role at home because I just I never saw myself in the kitchen, or I just mm. wasn't that woman. Yeah, but that's not a that's I that's a stereotype I've grown up with as well. Mm. You know, so I, I I'm just everything's shifting. Mm. Everything is. Shifting. You're very aware of yeah. where you're at. What what drives you, and what drives you more now than ever? Oh, I I I, I kind of touched on it, but it's definitely it's survival. It's survival as a single mom. It's survival um, to provide. You know, and that's kind of where the the masculine in me comes out. Mm. You know, so I, that's why I have to counteract that with tapping into the feminine. The idea of survival, I think, um, sounds like it comes from a place that you know you've had knockbacks before, right? Yeah. You've fallen down. What yeah. have been the toughest, the toughest knockbacks, and and the toughest lessons you've learned? I think you know, quite big. I think you know, I had a child quite young, and. And then was obviously on my own and, to, you know, had to rebuild um, and just, I guess, not having that support and realising. Like, I obviously have family support but not financial support. Mm. So I think realising that it, it is on your head and you're juggling it all. And that's that's huge, you know. And I have big goals like, you know, you have a house, mortgage, kid, a private school, all these things. And I've put that on myself. That's my fault. So that's where my survival kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherly instinct. So, what would be your advice? Well, it's it's um it's a golden thing, really, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. a pretty powerful thing. What would be your advice to other women who are at the cusp, perhaps, of starting their own business, but maybe they're a bit scared to do so to take that leap? Being scared is the best is the best time because you know it's almost so real. It's so exhausting, though, being scared. It is exhausting. It is exhausting, but I think, you know, when you, you've got an idea and you really, really, really believe it, there's no question about it. Like, you just do it. And the thing with PE, when I uh, started it with Claire, at the time I was working full-time and I couldn't give up my day job to start PE because I had to pay the bills. So I was working 8 a.m. till 6 p.m., coming home, feeding justice, doing homework, and then I'd work from 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. And I did that for a year. And, and, and... 
that was exhausting and I can't even believe I survived that. But what the point was was that nothing was gonna nothing was gonna stop me from doing it because I believed in it so much. Mm. Do you know what I think would sell really well for you? Oh what? Pip Edwards energy in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would go nuts. A, fra- a fragrance? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oda Pip. Oda Pip. Oh, my God. Uh, well, it's such a pleasure talking to you and um, and I do always thanks enjoy for, being in your energy because it gives listening. me a boost any time. And uh And we look forward to seeing what comes next with yeah. PE Nation. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. <laughs> A big thank you to Pip Edwards for joining us on Future Women. You can find her on Instagram at Pip Edwards. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. Give us a rating if you're on iTunes. And if you really enjoyed this chat, then go ahead and leave a review while you're there. This podcast was brought to you by AIA, supporting Australians to live healthier, longer, better lives. AIA Insurance for life, health and well-being. This production was produced by Dan McHugh. I'm Sylvia Jeffries. On the next episode, we chat to Christy Lawrence, the CEO and founder of the social media strategy app, Plan. See you then.